We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to another episode of Pod Maverick After Dark Offseason Edition. I'm Kirk Henderson, and I'm joined as always by my co-host and co-site runner over there at Mavs Moneyball, Josh Bow. How you doing today, buddy? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, things that were like two two podcast episodes in a row in the middle of August where things are happening, which is kind of nice. <laughs> well, so it's funny. This is some inside baseball, but like we're kind of contractually obligated to try to do two podcasts a week uh, every week. Now, during the season, we do like eight. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I feel less bad about the fact that we've been a little behind, and you know the, and that's just the case. But honestly, with what's happened the last two weeks, there, there's like a real justification for the fact that we could have, um, that that we could do two a week with sort of the news that's happening but you know i like it kind of piling up and then it allows us to think about it allows us to talk about it um before we get into um before we get into to kind of the news and and the show episode this episode might flow a little different than uh our normal ones obviously for those listening on the podcast later on the show uh particular the show gets broken up by ad reads that are you know inserted in the copy uh, or uh, that are inserted just due to process. Um, those of you watching on YouTube, you know, you have to deal with the YouTube ads and that sort of thing is normal. Um, for the first time today, we had the opportunity to do a, a couple of, of ad reads and it's first stuff that we have, you know, that I, you know, me more than Josh, just because I told him I wanted to this time, um, kind of take a look at the products and talk about them a little bit. So that'll be an element of, of the show today. We'll try to make it, you know, as organic and not ridiculous as possible because, you know, it's it's the way the business works, and you know, you and I have not necessarily focused on that element of it too much because it's summer and we're starting kind of a new show here. But you know, it's it's part of if Josh and I are going to do this as much as we do, 
the fact that we do get the opportunity to make a little bit on the side is is part of the incentive beyond the fact that we actually like talking basketball with all of you. So just know that's coming and uh, just wanted to get that out of the way. So, Josh, I had a horrendous work day. Will you tell me what the hell happened today? Because I was like all sorts of confused. <laughs> so it's a twofer. Um, the Maverick, Mark Stein first reported that the Mavericks are prepared to uh, wave and stretch uh, Maverick center JaVale McGee uh, by the August 31st deadline. He did elaborate and say that until they get to that deadline, they will still put out feelers and, and try to move him in a trade so they don't have to stretch and wave him. But that was part one. And again, stretching and waving McGee means that instead of paying McGee the rest of his full contract that he is, you know, guaranteed, which would be 5.7 million this season and then 6 million the season after that, 2024, 2025. So instead of that, they get to kind of split, uh, you know, literally it's in, you know, stretch it. They get to stretch it over five years, basically. There's some rules, you know, that determine how why it's five years. It's two times years left on the deal plus one year. So there's two two seasons left on McGee. Um, plus one, you get to five. Um, so instead of paying that 5.7 this season and the 6 million next season, um, they will instead over the next five seasons pay about 2.3 million uh, per season. So he'll, he will be on the books for 2.3 million per season on the cap sheet uh, till about 20, I think 2028 will be the last year. So that's business number one. And it opened up a roster spot. Go ahead. You have something to say. <laughs> I am so viscerally displeased that I have to be like reminded of this dumb shit signing <laughs> forever. Go yeah. go ahead with the other piece of the news. Okay. okay. I was going to say, if we want to get into it, we can get it. We can no, get no. into it. Okay. Okay. Um, so then the other part of it, uh, which came out when uh, Sham Sharania from athletic added his report and with this additional detail that with this freed up roster spot that uh, from McGee being waived, they will re-sign Markeith Morris, uh, the veteran forward that I would not be shocked if some Mavs fans forgot was even on the roster last season. Um, if you need a, a memory refresh, he came along from Brooklyn in the Kyrie Irving trade. He played, um, I have it up here. Where is it? He After the February trade deadline, he played in eight games and averaged 8.8 .8 minutes per game. So he was as much of a non-factor as you can possibly be, despite uh, some of the lineup changes the Mavericks were throwing out there as they were trying to save their season. Um, so he will be re-signed, um, which was very odd. And then Stein elaborated on his initial report, said that Morris's deal – uh, to come back to Dallas is non-guaranteed. So that takes a little of the bewilderment, I think, out of it, um, knowing that his salary is not guaranteed, meaning if anything comes up and the and the Mavericks need to make roster space, whether it's buyouts or trades or whatever it is, um, his contract will not get in the way and it will not uh, count against their cap since it's non-guaranteed. We don't know when the non-guaranteed, it's just non-guaranteed. Even for all we know, he might not even make it past training camp if they need to, you know, if someone in training camp impresses them that they've got on one of these training camp deals and they'd rather have the him as the 15th man than Morris, you know, Morris could be gone before the regular season even starts. So who knows? So 
like I said, it takes away a little bit of the sting because <laughs> just hearing the news, waving McGee, re-signing Morris, like that was like a one-two punch of kind of like what the what the hell. Um, so it makes a little bit more sense. Um, but it was it's interesting. There's definitely things we can talk about. We can get real petty. We can uh, we can which oh yes we, we, yes yes <laughs> we can. let's let's actually start with the JaVale McGee of it all because there's multiple components. You you brought up the petty one, which honestly I hadn't considered. Um, but let's be petty about. I don't this believe first. you. You're lying. No, because like I'm kind of like there's enough involved with it to where I'm I'm kind of confused about the mechanics of it because yeah. by saying you're going to continue to search for an a like a trade partner you've cut your balls off. Like there is no trade partner. Like we kind of knew that anyways, but it's just, it's right. like, that's not how you negotiate. So to be fair, fine. Stein did say barring an unforeseen trade. Yeah. And it's so like, like, they've been trying yeah. to move him. They can't move him. I I'm just annoyed at the way that, that, that phraseology even comes out because it's yeah. just like, it's, it's a non-starter and then proceeds to give people hope when there is none. He's right. not getting traded. He's not getting traded. Yeah. The end. <laughs> um, but the, the petty, but then there's like, I, I I'm confused. You know, let, we'll come back to this. The JaVale McGee trade was one I talked myself into because I don't like being a constant negative shit on podcasts. It's not fun watching the like that like last offseason was a catastrophically bad offseason. The the Brunson of it all is something that we'll probably never be able to truly shake. And then signing McGee and having everyone that has any sort of like I love a lot of our colleagues and friends, but you know, there's there's a lot of incentive to be like the shitty thing is in fact good. And here's why. And we all do it. And, you know, it was an awful signing. From day one. Awful. From From day day one. And I'm mad that I even backed off it a little bit. You know, I I, I tell people. It was self-preservation a little bit. Well, it is too great. But, you know, and and Dalton teased me online today. He's like, Kirk, you better not be talking about bad old takes. I'm like, look, this is one that's very special to me. Because I watched JaVale McGee in Washington, D.C., I have followed his career because his career has been a lot of where I've lived and (laughs) he sucks. He sucks. He should be better. Everything about him should be better, but he never learned to do anything other than block chase and put up fake numbers. He was awful. And, you know, I had multiple people tell me, multiple media people tell me that he became a bit of a beloved locker room guy in Golden State, in Los Angeles. And you know what? It's real easy to be a cool locker room guy on teams that win. But the Dallas Mavericks promised him a starting spot for some reason that I won't, like, we'll be talking about that element of this, the starting spot for years. Because, because honestly, he was a starter when Jason Kidd was in LA. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. What, And he did the 10, 15 minutes and it worked. Yeah. Because they had Anthony Davis and they had Dwight Howard as a backup. That's why it worked. So I, I, I don't have the, the article pulled up because I have so many tabs up right now. I think it'll, my computer might blow up. But there's a, like, worst Dallas Mavericks contracts of all time. You Google it. Go take a look. And McGee's is in the top three. Easy. Easy. And you're sitting here. You're, you know, a lot of people are saying, ah, well, Kirk, you know, it's only this amount. It's only for this number of years. Well, guys, they couldn't get off it. And they have to waive it after one year. That's how bad it is. Like it's a, this is a trend, you know, and, and granted they bounced back. They've had a great off season. So the fact that this was going to happen at some point and we've known it for a while, um, doesn't, you know, but that doesn't take away from how bad it was and how lots and lots of respected people 
said the shitty thing was in fact good all of us myself included because i'm sure i even bucked it you know joined in on it because i don't like being a grump forever should feel some shame (laughs) yeah i think there's like two things about it that that sting one is yeah the the blowback we've been talking about off-season moves since we've been you know we've been doing this thing on the website and the podcast and We've definitely gotten our heat for for maybe disagreeing with maybe the consensus or or what have you, but I can't remember blowback to one to reaction to a move quite like this one, and it's so bizarre because it's like Javale, like it's not. His it, basketball it, what, reference page looks great, and I'm sick and tired of people so telling weird. me. No, I mean this is the thing. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I watch basketball when I don't. The number of people on the internet who straight up lie about how much ball they watch is incredible. You did not watch the Warriors. You do not watch the Lakers. You did not watch the Nuggets. You didn't watch the Washington Wizards. He was bad in all of these places. He was also bad in Dallas. It's amazing that the bad basketball player was, in fact, (laughs) bad. It was just weird to get, because we've disagreed on stuff before and we've gotten some, and the thing is, it's, it's not just... Random people are going to give this pushback all the time. Like it's the internet, random. But the the amount of blowback and and kind of the hostility from people that we consider like our media peers and even friends. I mean, that caused like that, was, that caused you to basically get offline for like yeah, two months because yeah, you were that's, just like, why is this the straw? And it's like, right. And I, I and in hindsight, it has to be because we were all collectively really bothered by the Brunson situation. Yeah, and I think coming off the high of the Western Conference Finals plus mm-hmm. the Brunson thing, I think people yep. just wanted to latch on to, yep. this will work. But yeah, th- that's the thing that we'll never, I'll never forget about it is is not just like we've gotten blowback before for our takes. It's not a big deal when people are random between, but like I have the, some awful media, takes. Like that's yeah. that's just the fact. The media peers that came after us in a very aggressive manner uh, was very 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 bizarre. Like Javale, like of all players, like Javale McKee, uh, who's played gonna... in Dallas before and and played exactly the same Rick, way, by the way, eight years ago, and Rick somehow Carlisle, he was supposed to I be better. I saw Rick Carlisle ten minutes after the news broke in 2015, and he had a look of white hot rage on his face. Now I've since learned that might just be Rick Carlisle's default face, right. um, but it, it and it proceeded to happen because McGee was just he was unplayable, eight, you know, eight years ago. Yeah. And it was especially funny because the Mavericks literally played him off the floor in the playoffs when they beat the Suns. Like the Suns literally went to Bismack Biombo over him because the Mavericks embarrassed the Suns so much when McGee was on the floor. Sure, so sure. That was well, also very, like that said, was also very funny. It's very personal yeah. for me because I had to watch him early. Like yeah, you know, my, you my favorite take, my favorite take that I get thrown in my face all the time was it was like a 2021 January. Maybe it was even 2020, 2021 January Jalen Brunson game where he was having a horrid mid range game, which just that happens for players. And Brunson is obviously fantastic operating out of where he did. And I like reactionarily was like, can we trade this guy now? And like to this day, people (laughs) will still send me that. And I'm just like the context. I didn't believe it. I was mad. Like I lied tweet games, but like, so we all have bad takes is the point. It's just that that one. It, it's it's not going to haunt the Mavericks. And now I want to get into kind of the the why, like why I don't under. Can you explain to me why they are stretching it? That's the and that was going to say that's the other part of it that it's kind of weird. I don't. Do I don't know why you eat 
into yeah. their like mid level. Like, what is it? Like, yeah, they still they, have some of the MLE, don't they? They do still have some of the MLE for this season, so that's fine. But smarter cap people, and of course, our guy Scott can probably explain this better. I don't know what I don't know off the top of my head the Mavericks cap situation for next season. But basically, for next season, they're saving what like three around a little over three million. So I don't know if they have some long term plans where they feel like. Hey, we need that three million next season. It's going to be the make or break between us doing this move or this move. So we can't really judge why they stretched him until we see what they do with the money they save next summer and the summer, you know, after that, basically. Um, so we need to wait and see, like, what's the plan? Like, because it's not going to be now. We're not going to know what they're going to use their money for now. It's not going to really come into account until we get into the cap next, you know, next season, next off season. So. Maybe there's something where that three million that they're going to save in the summer of 2024 uh, is going to translate into them making a move that they couldn't. Um, but yeah, personally, right now, I would rather just not have JaVale McGee on my books until 2028. Uh, because even though everyone just kind of hand waves away, oh, it's only 2.3, you can figure that out elsewhere. Well, we've seen it's not always as easy uh, as just kind of snapping your fingers and, and getting that money somewhere else. So, well, and, we won't know like, until next summer, so it's kind of hard to, to judge. But obviously, instant reaction is I would just rather wait. But again, I'm not in their front office. They might have a 2024 offseason outline already, you know, already. They, they probably do. All these teams kind of have mm-hmm. plans for the, the future offseason. So maybe they've already earmarked that saved money for something that we just don't know yet. So I was arguing on uh, on Twitter with our former colleague and uh, chat sports producer, Jeffrey Cooperstein. Chuck's son, uh, and he said to me, he said, if it really comes down to it and they need 2.5 million in cap space, they can find it rather easily. To which I told him, do you know how many times I've heard a variation of this rationale during my time as a Mavs fan? And that's sports. You make decisions. You have to live with them. I get it. I just, it's one of these things where it's like, oh, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. It'll be fine. Well, you know. Was it fine in 2019 when the Mavericks traded, you know, two first round picks for Chris Stapps Porzingis? I remember thinking at the time, this is risky. And I think I tweeted about it to the extent of like, man, this this couldn't. And the, the initial response at the time is, oh, wait, you know, you got like number one, you got to do it, which I actually think is fact, like factually true when you have these sorts of things. But number two, it's like, don't hand wave that the that the decision can't come back to bite you in the ass. That's all I really want, you know, because like like it's a risk. All of this stuff is a risk. Now the likelihood that two point five million on an expanding cap is a risk. I get that. That's probably. I I just I didn't understand the math of it, and I'm sure someone will explain it to me in the comments. We have really smart commenters, but it was one of those things. I just I, I didn't get it at the moment. So. I know, and it'll be like remember when they wave stretched uh, Gal Meckel? Yes, I do. Felt like he was on the cap. He for was like on 10 the cap years. for like thirty five years. <laughs> Gal Meckel, and who was the the uh, is a George Washington power forward? Uh, Pops Mino. Oh yeah, I know. I could be wrong, about. but I just met those guys in the cap sheet during the during the lean years that made you angry. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, should we should we talk about the other side of this because that's the side that I. I mean, I didn't get this whole thing because it's the like we're part. all wanting Usman Garuba, who was cut by the by the uh, Rockets. But it's like he's a young guy, probably wants more opportunities of playing time. He doesn't really have any offense, but he's a hell of a defender. But it's like I'm not married to like him or anything. I just just like a, a the the worst Morris brother. That's that's what we did. <laughs> like, yeah, 
the one thing is with NBA teams is everyone has to understand is they do not like they don't think like we do, and that's probably most probably of the time for the better, yeah. right? Like we all get these pet players that we like, these young diamonds in the rough. And then you have to kind of consider where teams are. And it's like, okay, let's say if they sign Garuba for their last spot, where is he? You know, they've already got Derek Lively, Omex Prosper, Josh Green, Jaden Hardy. That's four guys that are either rookies, second-year players, or still like really young guys that they still have to find minutes for. And now it's like, okay, you're going to find minutes for this this other guy too that's been that the Rockets didn't want and the Thunder didn't want. Um and it's like you're trying to win games. You know, you've got a team with Luke and Kyrie. You're trying to win as many games as possible. You that doesn't leave a lot of time for for developmental projects, uh, especially yeah. ones that are basically your 15th man at the end of the bench. So, like, yeah, of course, on paper, it's like I would rather have the young. I keep forgetting it's not guaranteed too. Like yeah. that's a me problem. Yeah, I know. Uh, and then so yeah, that, that takes this thing out of it. So yeah, like it'd be great if they if. But that's just not how teams work. You know, I mean, we don't know if Morris has a good voice in the locker room, whatever. That's the stuff we'll never know. Like the uh, guy, the guy who, who, who fucked around and found out with Nikola Jokic is not, I'm sorry. It's just, it's not a guy I really give a shit about. Um, no, I know. Um, and he can't play. We were That's fine. Yeah. Him. But it's, it's of the end of bench moves. This is the only one I've been like, huh? Right. And then again, it's like, when you look at the other, like, like Theo Penson, no longer a Maverick. Couldn't be more delighted. Did not want any more Theo on my on in my life. And oh yeah, this basically uh, seals it. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah, the and, sad and, unless there's a trade. Mm-hmm. And I, a lot of people are like, "Why do you hate Theo?" I I don't, but I need less Theo. I don't want to think about the fifteenth man. That's and that's one thing I can say about Morris. I forgot he was the fifteenth, sixteenth guy on the Mavericks. So there's something to that. If he can be a quiet vibes guy, great, great. My my favorite tweet of the day was. Um, fellow uh mavs uh fan account run by three three folks we know um mavs film room <laughs> tweeted earlier today that it should have been a tip off to some that he was potentially going to be a maverick because he followed their account that like maybe because they had been you know kind of kind of knowing some stuff about theo for a while that just tickled me to pieces um yeah. just just a weird weird little tidbit and i i don't know i it's it's fine. Um, yeah, with, I, I'm with not Don guaranteed he can be gone before October. So like we don't even. It's not and, worth and, putting too much energy into. Right. If you think of more and and Josh Mazer in the chat says if you think of Morris replacing Penson, it doesn't feel as bad. That's that's right. That's the correct take. Because I just I need I I'm sorry. This is petty of me. I can't get this out of my head. On the day the Mavericks were sealed from the playoffs. Theo left the court to go talk about his no turnover triple double on his <laughs> podcast. I don't care. No, like no, it was. This was the worst season and th- that the Mavericks have had since they had Luka Doncic. I don't care about your thirty-eight point useless triple double. Go away. <laughs> go away. And also with Morris, he plays a position where the Mavericks have like. Like, I know we talk about how every guy on the roster usually gets a chance just through the attrition of a regular season, but sure. if Morris is playing, like, like you know, Pal, Maxi, Prosper, Live, like, they're Lively, Derek Jones, like, all yeah. those, like, there's at least four or five guys ahead of him, uh, so I don't anticipate him getting much run at all. 
Shout out to Chance in the chat, just absolutely murdering me. I don't know, Kirk. If you have to keep explaining how you don't hate Theo, you might just hate Theo. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> like the Sarah one. Silverman, if I've ever if you've always had terrible roommates, you're the bad roommate. That's right. Kind of, That's right. Kind of um all right, here we're gonna take a minute to to do a read because uh earlier this week uh I had the opportunity to test out and play uh 2K or NBA 2K Mobile, which, you know, I don't know about you, Josh, but I sometimes I have to, I, I don't have certain things on my phone because I'm already an addictive personality, but like playing this game, NBA 2K Mobile, and it's a free game, it's going to be a problem if I, <laughs> if I keep doing this. Um, there is so much to do between like the personalization and, you know, like seeking out particular cards. There's all sorts of different game modes it's really, really fun. And it's the sort of thing where right now, okay, we're in, we're in the dead of August. And if you're starting to get that NBA itch, and not just like the Maverick itch, but the deeper NBA itch, you need to, to download this game and give it a try. It runs really smoothly. I was sort of shocked at this. Um, that might be just me getting old, but I, I, I just haven't played mobile games in such a long time because they're so addictive. And this is absolutely going to be that going to be that thing you can collect player cards you can build a particular team you can you know play with your friends which i've not done yet but that looks that looks like something else i don't know if i have the the time and uh, you know don't want my wife to yell at me when i'm when i'm playing a game there's all sorts of events going on i i just can't recommend this enough in terms of just trying something out uh and if you download the app through you know the the nba 2k mobile app for free on either the app store or google play you should use my pro uh, promo code which is tatum 2k mobile to redeem an exclusive jason tatum pearl tier card i'm still learning about like the the pearl teal like the different tiers and stuff because i've avoided 2k on my xbox for years but that's just sort of the na nature of it so that code one more time is t-a-t-u-m 2k m-o-b-i-l E. All right. So that's sort of the, the first uh, part of the show here. So we have, uh, you know, kind of some world, some world cup updates. We're inching closer and closer to the, to the world cup starting. So we have four Mavericks participating in the world cup. If we don't really talk about these guys enough. There's the, the little mentioned Luka Doncic playing for Slovenia. Then we have, um, Dwight Powell playing for Canada in, in a oddly important role, which is something I don't think I ever would have considered myself saying. And then we have two Aussie Mavericks playing uh, playing for Team Australia, which is which is pretty exciting. Um, which piece of news do you want to do you want to kind of talk about first? Um, I guess the Josh Green stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a little that's probably most pertinent, uh, yep. like newsy thing. Um because everything else is kind of, you know, wow, Luca, like Luca's Luca's amazing. Breaking news. Um, <laughs> uh, even though that game against Japan was pretty, was yeah, pretty we fun. need to circle back to that. But yeah, yeah you're right about the um, Josh Green of it all. Looks like, I mean, what he hyperextended his knee. I haven't seen a follow up. It ended up being an ankle sprain. Oh, really? So that, like, so it's. I'm glad that you were confused because if okay. you watch this video, you guys, yeah, it is like it's an oh no oh no kind of video and it goes to show you that we don't know anything about how the damn human body works because i watched this and i assumed he had like hyper extended a knee 
it like it's one the I think it was the Mavs blog. One of these Twitter accounts do, do a great job like recapping games with showing video, and it's like the way the video looks. It's like uh, okay, well, thanks, Josh Green. Talk to you next year, kind of thing. <laughs> and he ended up uh, just spraining his ankle, which means you know I wouldn't. Ex- He's in the rotation there um, in Australia, so that you know I, I I think we should expect him to play again. Do you think? I mean, have they said yep. how severe the ankle sprain Ooh, was? That I don't know. Like, I was wondering, is... like, is it if it was anything like a high ankle sprain? I mean, he might miss. I don't know if he could get back in the court before the World Cup's over. That's yeah. the only thing I was thinking. Um, is which would be like, like if this keeps him out of the World Cup, that would be like <laughs> this dude in the summer just does not have good luck. Like, like he gets drafted during the pandemic, so he doesn't play in summer league. Uh, I think in the the last Olympics, he chose to play for the Australian national team instead of doing his, what would have been his first summer league, and he never played. Uh, and like this dude just has some horrible luck during summer ball. Yeah, but you know, I I think I'm not able. Okay. I'm, I'm Looks like digging. Chad is saying he's going to play on Friday, so I guess yeah. it wasn't that serious. Yeah, young guy That's thing. And, I want to see him play. Well, and then on top of the Josh Green of it all, we briefly touched on this in previous weeks, but I don't think we actually. And we could have, so I apologize for doing this again. But Josh Green gave an interview to, to ESPN in Australia and, you know, talked about wanting to play in Dallas and wanting an extension. And with the new CBA in place and with sort of the level of Josh Green's play, which is fringe starter rotation-based guy, what the Mavericks do with him in extensions is going to be fascinating. I, I am... I've sort of settled on the opinion that I think he's absolutely going to get an extension. Now, what that is, is going to be really worth watching because during at the start of summer, a couple of people predicted four for 70, which is more than the Dallas Mavericks got Grant Williams for. And I just can't see them going above Grant Williams. But I also don't know if it'll matter because at that point, if you're talking 15 versus, you know, 12, 15, 17 with like the salary cap, going up how much do you really care he's a tradable young guy i mean he's just 20 like he's young i keep forgetting how young he is which is personally a me problem but i you know i my problem is that i'm probably never going to be a big josh green guy just because of the the bane of it all and some of the other guys that that's just my own bias yeah um yeah it would be really weird to see him get an extension more than grant williams like grant williams scored like 20 something points in a game seven and shut down you know right. like his resume is just so much more extensive than, than Josh's. You I mean, uh, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, like you make a good point, even if it is more, we're at the rate. The only thing that matters is that they extend him, you know, mm-hmm. just he needs to be under contract on a multi-year deal because that's going to make him much more desirable mm-hmm. in, in trade negotiations going forward. Whenever he's eligible to be traded after he gets extended, I don't know the day that would be if he gets an extension, yep. I know he's not eligible to be traded for, I don't know, sometime, but, you know, teams are going to want to trade for a cost-controlled, young, developing player that shows promise as opposed to trading for a guy that could, leave, you know, that you don't have under team control that could leave. Uh, so you're going to probably get some more value out of him uh, if you can get him locked down for sure. a four-year extension. Sure. And my favorite thing that you said, you said this in our, our, our Slack of Mavs Moneyball, and I think this is entirely accurate. At a certain point, it's worth just throwing your hands up and saying, I have no idea what's going to happen with Josh Green because 
I mean, he shot 40% from three and averaged nine points a game. And if you go check the guy's game log, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, we know what happened. Like, for example, kid cut cut him off at the knees confidence-wise, which was really bad. It happened right after Austin Reeves sunned him on national television. And so it, it took Green a while to bounce back. Because, like, what Josh what Josh needs more than anything is is true consistency. Um, that's that's going to be pretty important. Yeah, last season it was just like he would play a week where he would score – 15 to 18 a game and then he would go two weeks without scoring more than like seven and like you don't even notice him so yeah that was it was kind of funny his his it was his third season but it kind of felt like his rookie season in terms of he hit a wall because i think that was by far I mean, he didn't play his first mm-hmm. two seasons so uh he finally got some minutes on the floor and kind of felt like maybe he ran out of steam toward the ends of the year um but we'll, we'll see where that goes they definitely need i mean he keeps making leaps. His basketball reference page is hilarious when you look at his shooting percentages from first, second to third year. Like, would you regard- say he's going to be shooting fifty percent from three with yeah. a true shooting percentage of like, like seventy five, but also yeah. have like three straight weeks of scoring zero points? Yeah, like if his trend keeps going up, he'll be yeah, yeah ninety true shooting uh, when he's twenty five. But uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, so that's a fun one. And then um, I didn't watch this game. Shout out to like Nick Angstadt and the other sickos who stayed up till like two in the morning Dallas uh, local time to watch a friendly between Slovenia and Japan where Luca makes a couple of passes in this game. <laughs> and there's one behind the back pass that I keep watching. I've watched it like 30 times. I'm still convinced he was actually throwing behind the back pass to the diving post, man. But I, that's because I can't see how low to the floor he is. But he throws a behind-the-back pass, which threads through three defenders and hits the opposite the guy in the opposite corner. It was insane. Yeah, so. one of the best passes he's ever made, just in a friendly exhibition. Yeah, which uh, Slovenia is going to have. Slovenia is going to have problems. They're going to have real problems. So today, um, Matt yeah. Robinson wrote a piece for us called "Can Luka Doncic and Slovenia Shed the Ghost of Eurobasket?" So. 2022 summer was frankly just terrible. Like it was just terrible. <laughs> if you look at it like Mavericks in hindsight, because obviously the aforementioned Brunson McGee, and then Slovenia, if, if folks don't remember, they lost to Poland in a game that they had no business losing. And they looked hungover. They looked like they didn't take their opponent seriously. And it was bad. And it's the sort of thing that for the Maverick side of things, we don't reference enough because we're Luca fans, but you know, I wouldn't say the, like the casual Mavericks fan really thinks too much about him playing for Slovenia, but you can tell that for him, this is a motivating factor. It's a motivating factor. And I'm, I, you know, if Slovenia goes anywhere, it's always going to be because of Luca. I mean, the country's population is so small, and the fact that they do as well as they do athletically is kind of remarkable. I mean, aren't there um, more people in DFW than there are oh, in yeah, Slovenia? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and it's really, it's truly incredible the sort of stuff that country does athletically. But they don't have, you know, they've had some, some injuries. They've suffered two big ACL yeah. tears over the previous months. Um, it's really, it's really remarkable. And, I, if you know they have, they're going to have rebounding problems, like it's going to be tough for this team to go anywhere. Despite the fact that they have a pretty nice draw, like they should win. It's it's kind of the elimination. They should get through the first two rounds of group play, but the elimination tournament is going to be really tough. Um, I'm 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 curious curious for them, but mm-hmm. I'm also excited to watch because 
the games are on at a pretty friendly time for us since they're being played at the Philippines. It's you know, you might have to get up early at some points, but it's it's really, really gonna be be fun to watch the World Cup. And you know, it's it's gonna a lot of it's gonna be on ESPN and ESPN plus. So yeah. so you guys should should consider that. We'll have more on that once we know sort of the specifics of where and when and times and all that. Um Okay, so let's take, you know, I need to insert, uh, you know, not for the YouTube, but for the the podcast. Let's take a quick break and then we can come back and finish off the show. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, now that we're done with the awkward pause on the YouTube, if you guys could do me a favor, uh, this includes both listeners and video uh, viewers. If you could go hit that like button for us down at the bottom of the screen. If you could also consider subscribing to the Pod Maverick podcast, as you guys know, or maybe for some of you who don't know, we do a ton during the season. We are a game-by-game reactionary show. We live and die with every game. Sometimes that bites us in the ass. But if you're at all interested, we will be hosting live shows like this after every single game that we can, which ends up being, honestly, for our site in the neighbor, like we do all 82 by hook or by crook uh, in the regular season. And then I host a after after show where people come up on stage here with Josh. It's actually really easy. We've been doing it during the summer here where you can talk shop with me and we can just kind of, you know, either lament 
a loss or celebrate a win. So if you, you want to subscribe to Pod Maverick, that would be how you do it. We'll be ramping up our content probably the second half of September where we'll have more to talk about. But we do have a few more things to, to end the show on. Um, the schedule was released, and <laughs> I got to be honest, man, I hadn't really looked at it yet. What, you know, you were, you were publishing some stuff during the day. Did you have any kind of immediate, immediate thoughts on things? Um, there is only, I, you know, I don't want to poo-poo people. They get, people get excited about the schedule and it's one of those things where I just, you don't care. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, they're playing 82 games again, they're playing basketball, like, yeah, like, Ooh, you know, dude. they're playing the same teams in the West, you know, yada, 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 but, but people get into it. So I don't like, I just don't, I just, I just sit on the sidelines. Cause it's like, if I don't have anything nice to say, why, you know, why say anything else, you know, trying to, trying to live by the golden rule. Um, the one thing that is interesting, I think, about the schedule is I want to say the Mavericks for their first eight games of the season are traveling for every single game because they are alternating home road for the first eight games. So that means they're either traveling away from Dallas to get to their next game or they're traveling back to Dallas to play a home game. And I thought that was interesting when you consider the fact that they are playing overseas in the preseason. And you've made the point before that there's been lots of research and it's not that hard to research. It's just teams that play overseas in the preseason usually struggle out the gate in the regular season because they're just, they got, you know, a little bit of jet lag and, and traveling internationally. It's a lot of travel to put on the body right before you start playing these high stakes basketball games, which the regular season can be. So I thought it was interesting that not only are the Mavericks, traveling during the preseason internationally they're going to have to come back and they're going to be traveling a lot that first week and historically this team for the last three years has been getting off to slow starts even with favorable schedules um so it's gonna i'm just it's like a unstoppable force meets the immovable object they the the deck is stacked against them to have a good start this season despite the fact that they're going to probably talk about that all throughout training camp so I'm just well, curious how they navigate the the first two this, weeks of the season. Honestly, to me, the start of it all is on Jason Kidd. Don't fuck around. That's what <laughs> he did. Like, they lost three games in the first <clears throat> ten because he had stupid lineup choices. Like, McGee was getting murdered, and they just kept throwing him out there. And it's like, hmm, wonder if this obvious thing is going to have the be- same bad obvious results. You know, I, I will say there's some interesting stuff in the first – like, that – you know, they play San Antonio on the road to open the season. That's on ESPN. That's that's going to be quite the game playing against Victor Wembanyama, and, and the Mavericks should win that because of the better team. But that second game, the home opener against Brooklyn, is a trap game if I have ever seen one because it's the return to DFW of Dorian Finney-Smith, who is, by all accounts, one of the most beloved Mavericks of the last 10 years. If you really think about it, that's objectively a fact. Yeah. People love him and why not? He's a hell of a story. And, and that just feels like a trap game. So then they, you know, they got Memphis and Chicago. Like you look at the schedule overall, that first month, probably through Thanksgiving, they have some real opportunities despite the road heavy nature of it. They have favorable matchups. And, you know, to me getting to Christmas with, I don't know, a plus three plus four in the win column should be kind of the goal. Um, the real thing is they just, 
you know, 2019, 2020, they started off the season 16 and five. Like they were destroying mm -hmm. teams and really thought they had cracked the nut. And this parlays like directly into the piece that you wrote that I think works well within the con confines of the scheduling discussion where you kind of see on paper the the real opportunity uh, that this this team has because there's a lot of those similar components. Do you want to talk about that a little bit while I while I look at the uh, the schedule some more? Sure. I was just kind of you know it's August. Um, there's not much going on, so I'm just looking at stuff, just to try to kind of like throwing stuff at the wall and see what sticks. I'm just looking at rosters. I'm going through stat sites. I'm just trying to find something to write about that isn't just like generic preview coverage that we're going to be doing, you know, that's going to happen uh, closer we get to training camp and the start of the regular season. So as I'm looking at the roster, <clears throat> kind of looking at basketball reference, I'm looking at, you know, the Luca era, I'm looking at the rosters and it just jumped out at me that this team is built very similarly to the 2020 team. I mean, it's both teams are top heavy with two stars. Um, both teams uh, struggled to identify a third best player. And while we can't guarantee, you know, someone could surprise us this season for the Mavericks on paper, you know, we don't really know who their third best player is. Um, both teams are exceptionally guard heavy. Uh, and it's very funny because the guards are, are almost the same. Um, both teams. Like the same people. <laughs> yeah, not, like, you're not talking like similar styles. You mean the same people. Yeah, the same people. Because uh, Lu Lucas, Seth, Curry, Tim Hardaway Jr. are still... You know, they were on the 2020. They're still here. They're still guards. Uh, Maxi and Dwight still here. Um, so that, that part of it's kind of funny. Um, but, like, you know, that 2020 team had Seth. Outside of Luka, they had Seth, Tim Hardaway, Jalen Brunson's on right. And this team has Seth, Tim Hardaway, Jaden Hardy, and Dante Exum. And it's kind of funny how they even kind of fill similar roles because that was Brunson's uh, that was Brunson's second season. That This is going to be Hardy's second season. You can obviously see kind of some similarities in Delon Wright and Dante Exum's game in terms of like athletic uh, point guards that have a defensive edge. Both teams similarly uh, thin on the wing. Where that 2020 team, like, remember how everyone had to try to talk themselves into Justin Jackson being a starter? Oh, because uh, that team. <laughs> I do, and I hate, yeah. I still hate people for it. Yes. Yeah, and you look at this roster, and it's a little bit better. Uh, because Grant Williams, Josh Green, Omex Prosper, I think you would take that threesome over Dorian, Justin Jackson, and Courtney Lee any day of the week. But there's there's some pit, you know, we don't know if Josh Green, you know, we assume he's going to take another leap, but that's not guaranteed. And Prosper, we all love, but he's a rookie. You know, we can't guarantee he's going to be uh, the kind of contributor that I think everyone hopes, but we're allowed to hope for that. Um, and then the big men depth is also kind of similar in that it's a kind of a bunch of mix you know guys that you can mix and match depending on the lineup but no clear cut this is the starter um because you know it's again dwight maxi uh, rashawn holmes Derek lively and the other the 2020 team was pal kleba boban and willie Kleistein. obviously Kristaps is the star that's the big differentiator is that lucas co-star was a four stretching big and his co-star this year is uh, another you know shooting uh, point guard so that's the biggest difference. Um, the thing that really stuck out to me was that 2020 team. You talked about how they started 16 and five. They were like really secretly pretty good. The the pandemic and the way they played down the stretch in the regular season kind of covered up how good they were. They were sixth in net rating. That well, Luca got hurt for guys. a while. Yeah, Brunson uh, KP got hurt. On, KP like burned the earth down for like 
two yes. straight weeks while Luca was hurt. Yeah. Uh, Brunson, like, uh, separated his shoulder or something, and he mm, was out. That's right. Uh, Dwight Powell tore his Achilles in January of that season. So um, when they were at full strength, they were they were rolling. Um, you know, their defense was still pretty cruddy, but they were they had the greatest offense in league history um, at that point. It's now that record, to I think, has point, been yeah. Yeah, that record has been broken every ensuing season uh, since. Um, but they were they were first in offense, 18th in defense, sixth in net rating. They were weirdly deep, you know, despite the fact that they didn't have a clear-cut third-best player. Like, all those guys could play. Like, we had frustrations with Brunson and Wright and Timmy and Justin Jackson and Dwight Powell. You know, all those guys frustrated to a degree, but, like, they still got minutes and they contributed in ways. Like, that team was legitimately 10 deep. Um, This team also kind of, I feel like, if lively and prosper – can give you something as rookies this could also be another team that's 10 deep despite the fact that they still need to beef up their top end talent they and in the regular season to be honest you don't need top end talent you just need bodies like you need guys that can play because you're gonna have rest days you're gonna have injury days i think that's what made the 2020 team so good was they were so versatile with their lineups um <clears throat> they could really kind of play any type of style and i think you could kind of see bits and pieces of that especially with grant williams um, being able to play the three or the four or even small ball five, being able to stretch the floor. I anticipate they're going to – Grant and Maxi are going to be a, a a good front court pairing, hopefully, if the Mavericks want to play small, supercharged basketball. Uh, and that 2020 team certainly did similar things with Kristaps and Maxi and, and Powell kind of uh, manning the front line there. So it, it just kind of – a lot of shooting, um, a lot of depth between both teams. And what's exciting about that is hopefully with Luca. That 2020 team, like Luca lived at the, at the rim. Like their their spacing was so good. And that's something well, he's, that he's, he's got to stop taking the threes he took last year and just yeah. go. Like, how many games did we pop in here and be like, oh my God, Luca was 14 of 16 inside the three point line? Yeah, right. He's like, what is happening? Yeah. His efficiency hasn't wavered, but his attempts have. Like that 2020 mm. season, I've got it here in the article. He took, and they only played 75 games because of the pandemic. He had 379 shots in the restricted area. Last season in 82 games, um, he had 315. So significantly less, not significantly, but a a decent margin less despite playing more games. So the spacing of that 2020 team was really good because they always had at least four or five shooters on the floor. And Kristaps was kind of this floor spacing cheat code. They don't have that this season, but Grant and Maxi, you can play them as your two bigs, uh, and then play Kyrie and Luca, and then you're, you know, if it's Tim Hardaway or it's Josh Green or it's Seth Curry, you can be playing five out basketball like that 2020 team was. They couldn't really get to that enough in the ensuing years because um, you know they lost Seth. They swapped out Seth for Josh Richardson, and Richardson was terrible uh, shooting the basketball that season. So they lost a little of their identity there, and Dorian kind of slumped uh, last season with his shooting, and Tim kind of went up and down a little bit. Uh, Maxi has been up and down the last couple of seasons. So on paper, this has maybe the most shooting since that 2020 roster. So maybe, mm-hmm. you know, there's also the Rick Carlisle versus Jason Kidd of it all. You know, Rick Carlisle definitely, say what you will, valued floor spacing and, and floor balance. So 
I don't know. So far, kid's been a coach, like a football coach. He's like, our job is to run the football and then just pass 70% of the time. Like, do you remember when kid came in and was like, we're going to be shooting more mid-range and then the Mavericks shot more oh, yeah. than ever? Right. I just, you know, kid's, a, kid's a lying liar who lies. That's fine. That's yeah, his job. Well, He's not supposed that, to tell us what is what what their strategy is. Yeah. So we'll see if the spacing is as good. Um, but yeah, it just it was just kind of some, it just, it just stuck out at me when you line up the rosters and it's like, not only are there just similar archetypes of players, there's just literally the same players, which is maybe another thing we could talk about. You know, that's a whole nother kind of separate conversation about roster building. But, you know, I didn't want to say much because I think everyone's kind of basking in how, you know, productive this offseason was. But the Mavericks did finish 11th in the West. And I think something about... Uh, Something about the play-in, I feel like, distorts the perception of like what missing the playoffs is. Because yep. you hear, like, when you hear people talk about the Mavericks, like, well, they missed the playoffs. Like a couple of years ago, missing the playoffs meant you won like forty. You could have won forty-five games, and you were the ninth seed. That's right. Like the Mavericks didn't just miss the playoffs. They finished eleventh in the West. They were thirty-eight wins. You know, f- you know, five or so games below five hundred. That's not. Ah, uh, we were half a game out of eighth. Like that's it's just different. And I think the ten teams in the West, none of them, I don't think, are going to take a giant step back. So you nope. look and you're like, well, where are the Mavericks going to hop up? So I haven't been, you know, I'm a little cautious about where they're going to land in terms of their seating. But doing this exercise, I was kind of like, okay, well, here's here's the path. Here's how they can get make the jump from 38 wins to 46, 47, 48 is they just have a lineup of guys that maybe in a playoff situation, you're going to run into teams that have three or four guys, maybe better than your that's right, your top three or four. But in a long regular season where guys are coming in and out of the lineup with injuries and rest, you know, ride that depth, ride that lineup versatility and ride that shooting. Um, and, and I think, and up like, I think Omax is going to make a case to play a ton. Like you mm-hmm. and your article, and everybody should go check it out on Mavs Moneyball. You and your article sort of hedge because you just, I mean, he's a rookie, a, a late round, a late first round rookie. Like expecting that guy to play is kind of on paper stupid. <laughs> but I just think he's going to be the kind of guy that makes a case early and stays. Um, so I'm, I'm sort of hopeful there. So, you know, I told you I was going to go take a look at the roster. So there's a couple of things that are not the roster, the schedule. Um, there's a couple of things that really stand out to me. First of all, the Mavericks played Memphis three times in the first like 22 games. Do you know who was suspended for the first 25 games? <laughs> John Morant. John Morant. John Morant and Luka Doncic have played each other like five times in four years. It's truly baffling because it, <laughs> and, and it keeps happening. And I'm like, I'm really disappointed in this because I want to see these two marquee stars play each other. It is really, it just one of those things stands out. Now, the flip side of this is it allows the Mavericks to put up a 3-0 lead against a division rival, which that stuff matters. Yes. And Memphis, had, you know, remember the Memphis of it all, they won more games without John Morant last season than the Cleveland Cavaliers won without LeBron James during his entire first stint with the Cavaliers. That's They were that good. So it's like, it made, you know, the, the Memphis is going to be good. The, the other thing that stands out to me is, you know, I just said, I, I, I've been bitching for years that, okay, what the Mavericks did in 2021-22 and then the year prior where they put up a ton of, like, they they racked up wins after playing 500 basketball for a real long time. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mavericks have an opportunity to do that again. January, they live at home. 
January 1st, they play Utah on the road, finishes the last of a three-game um, road trip. Then they're at home January 3rd to January 15th. They're just uh, two straight weeks at home. And then they play five more home games to close out the, the you know, January is a very game heavy month is for the whole league. So if the Mavericks really want to, they have an opportunity this season to do their work early because the March and the April games are once again, I don't want to say cupcakes, but you know, outside of a stretch where they play Utah, Utah, Sacramento, Sacramento, they have an opportunity to close out the regular season with force and head into the playoffs. So I, I, again, looking at the schedule right now is a little silly because there's so much stuff that's up in the air. You don't know who's not playing, you know, right. like Zion Williamson, the Mavericks play him twice in the first 20 games. Well, Zion Williamson doesn't play a lot of basketball, so maybe I'm just completely wrong. I, I do feel like the schedule on paper, at least right now, looks to be not one where I'm, you know, there were opportunity, there were games last year where it was like, oh, this is where the Mavericks are going to sink or swim. And then like, you know, because they, they played awful basketball past January 1st last year. It was really dark. It was really dark. So, um, But, yeah, I'll, I'll just be wondering how they – the start of the season is going to be really interesting with that sure. international travel. Because, I mean, you've, you've seen it. It's just almost every single team that does the international preseason, they kind of get off to a bumpy start. So we'll see what happens. Yep. No, you're right. Okay, so before we kind of close out the show, I got one more thing we got to talk about here. Uh, so the company that we, you know, everybody knows this, that we moved on from SB nation as a podcast to join a company called blue wire blue wire is a company that's been around since 2018, kind of an independent conglomeration of podcasts. And over the last several years, you know, it's almost five at this point, they've grown to be 300 shows hosted by former athletes, fans like Josh and I, and then some media professionals like the, you know, the Gilbert Arena show that you see. That's an example of Blue Wire show. There's a lot of really good shows on this network. Um, but, you know, like many companies, they're still attempting to grow. You know, they're still a growing company. And, that, and, and what they've opted to do after, you know, having a round of private uh, investing a few years back, they're doing you know crowdfunding for their next round of investments, and what they're hoping to do is to expand you know the sales team, help improve operations, which will do something you know like in theory and you know practice realistically help our show grow. And if you're at all interested in investing in Blue Wire as a company, we would I would like you to uh, to encourage you to go check out wefunder.com slash blue wire. There's a lot of information there, a lot more than I feel comfortable talking about on like a podcast per se, but it's something that we wanted to make available to those who listen to our show. If they're at all interested, you know, we're, you know, we, we signed a one-year deal with, with blue wire. And, you know, at the moment we're still, still early in things, but we joined this company because we believe in the company and it's something that we're, we're sort of interested in. Uh, and, and if you're at all interested, you should go check out that site. So, okay. And I'll be, and guys, just so you know, I will be talking about that in, in coming weeks, just cause it's, it's, you know, it's, it's something that is important to our company. And so we're going to be talking about it. All right. Um, to round out things, you know, it's, it's, it's August. The, the, it's stuff is sneaking up on us. Do you have any, any last minute takes before we get out of Dodge? 
Um, I don't know. There, I'm looking at the chat. Um, who is it? Ch- uh, Chance Powell. Do you think there's any smoke to Derek Jones Jr. not being able to wear five when no one on the current roster has it? I've seen that. that kind of floated around on Twitter. Um, people are trying to like be like, oh, they're trading for someone that has that someone good that wears number five or something. Mm-hmm. Like people have been using that. Uh, I don't think that's the case. I think five is the number kid wore in Dallas. So I'm um, presumably if there is oh, any smoke, if there is any smoke to it, it might be like maybe Cuban or the org was like, Hey, we're going to, this is, we're going to retire his number sometime. Can you please wear a different number? Or he just wanted to wear a different number because guys like to change it up when they go to New York sometimes. So I don't think there's any, uh, I don't think there's any trade conspiracy to that. Cause I know people love to, anytime there's a, there's a sliver of a door opening for like That's right. trade or they, they jump on it. Um, and then Jay, uh, the only other thing I th- can think of we didn't talk about in the news, Jay, speaking of roster building, any opinions on Matt Riccardi's promotion? Uh, forgot to mention that. Yeah, you yeah. wrote it, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I wrote the news story. Uh, he got promoted to assistant general manager. His previous title was director of pro personnel. And then before he joined Dallas, he was Brooklyn's uh, head of scouting. Um, we don't, I don't know what Matt Riccardi is responsible for in the Mavericks front office. They are very tight lipped. Um, you will not see the Mavericks even acknowledge that he's an employee. <laughs> um, they don't do press releases for front office hires. Like you didn't see anything for Dennis Lindsay or I think it was the cap guy, Andrew Baker. Yeah. Um, they do not announce hirings or anything like this for front. Office. Like that's just a Cuban thing. Um, like they never even acknowledged uh, how about Vogueris worked for the team until shit hit the fan like he never got a press release either so we will never know how much impact he has in the front office all i'll say is that he was a draft guy in brooklyn um his first full off season in dallas and they used the draft about as well as they've used it in like 10 years i know a lot of people are like well they had the 10th pick of course it was a good draft and i was like yeah. yes but they also traded for a first round pick for the first time since 2004 mm. um so like you can't tell me that like it wasn't just they had the tenth pick. They did something they just they never do. So um, more voices in the room is always good. Different voices. Um, I acknowledge this in the article I wrote. You know the big thing about before everything kind of blew up of uh, the front office. You know two or three years ago, they were just stagnant. It was it was Cuban, it was Nelly, and it was Rick in terms of like the primary voices. Um, they didn't have a lot of. <coughs> Excuse me, they didn't have a lot of change. Right. Um, they tried, remember Garrison Rosas, they tried to bring in a new voice and he left after like three weeks because he was like, wait, I'm not actually, I don't actually get to do stuff. Like, no, no, like it's still Cuban and Nelson. So he's like, all right, I'm leaving. So the fact that they've moved on from that mentality to promoting guys and got, you know, being able to recruit guys from other orgs to come here and lend their voice to the organization. Yep. Like, that's just, that's just good. You know, that's good. I don't know. You know, people want to be like, well, what was Matt? What move did like was Matt Riccardi responsible for the Garrett Williams trans? Like, I don't, I don't know. We'll never know. But yeah, just just having new voices in the front office is always good for an org like the Mavericks that got really stagnant. So yeah. this is kind of how I I look at it. Well, oh JC, that's very kind of you. Both JC and uh, one of our other fellow podcasting friends, Carter Rodriguez, has, has left a couple of tips tonight. Um, I don't know how that stuff works. I'm still figuring out YouTube, um, but I very much appreciate that sort of thing. 
Um, before we before we leave, I, I got to ask, and this is guys, let's be honest, we're, we've wrapped up the basketball talk. Do do we have any any recommendations? Things you've been enjoying during your off season time lately? Mm, nothing new to report, other than. I'm waiting for across this. This is like I'm. I'm very old. Um, this is how like my brain works. Is so our little two, basically two and a half year old daughter, our only our only child right now, um, somehow loves uh, Spider Verse mm. into the Spider. Like I've never seen a kid her age like be invested in a movie, especially one that's not just like a dis- like she legit watches it. She asked to watch Spider-Man. She's like, who's that? I'm like, that's Prowler. And she's like, oh, Spider-Man's running away from Prowler? I'm like, yeah, you're already smarter than I was when I was like 12. So uh, I'm waiting to show her uh, across the Spider-Verse. It's just want to rant. I hate how they release the digital stuff first. Oh. And they don't. Like, it's out right now. You can buy it, but it's only digital. I want the Blu-ray because I'm an old man and I like my discs. I like my physical media. But the Blu-ray doesn't come out till September 5th. It takes a month. They do month where it's digital only. And it kills me because I'm just like, I, I just, just give it to me. I have I the money. Th- I saw it three times in theaters. And I only saw it once in theaters. I it's always wanted so to see it again. Good. It is so good. So it, it, it's just it's 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 truly remarkable. Um yeah. you know, after we get off here, what I'm gonna go do <laughs> is I'm gonna go watch Ahsoka. Um now here's the thing: Ahsoka's on Disney Plus. My son is seven. And there's so many different things to which he could like. And so I've tried to let him find things on his own naturally. Uh, He's a really good reader. So I'm having him read this uh, novelization of the first Star Wars movie. And then I bought Lego Star Wars, the, the, uh, like the whole kit and caboodle, like nine episodes, all nine episode thing. (laughs) It's, it's, it's a preposterously big game. He's been playing it a little bit. I'm like, I'm trying to nudge him into this stuff because I really, really, really want to watch Clone Wars and Rebels. <laughs> both cartoons, both odd animation styles. I never watched them all because I was just like, that blows my mind that you never watched them. Well, because I have a kid and I didn't, you know, being able to watch stuff twice is not a thing I can really do anymore. Mm. It's It's because I just don't have time. I mean, once basketball season starts, it's over. My, you know, yeah, it's over. It's like it's it, you know, and then so it's like I really want to, I really want to do this sort of stuff, and you know, it's it just it looks, it's a couple of people I, I follow the Ringerverse, um, their kind of fan fandom podcast, and they have one woman named Joanna Robinson who is really harsh on all of the like IP property today, and that's good because it's good to have somebody that's like this stuff sucks and needs to be better. You know, it's because a lot of it isn't. And she tweeted something to the effect of like Ahsoka is it. And like, so I'm going to go downstairs. I'm going to turn that on. And I'm really excited. Um, and we'll see kind of what else I can can get my hands on. Uh, Tyron in the chat says you guys need to, you know, talk about Diablo 4. And like, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm petering out a little. I, I, I'm glad. Well, and then they released their, the games con, like the next season pass, like game, mm-hmm. it's like Diablo, but zombies. And I'm like, well, how's that different between Diablo and monsters? Like great <laughs> button smash clicky. I will do these things, yeah, but it's, you know, there's so many game options. The fact that Starfield is coming out right before basketball season makes me physically angry because it means I'll play it for a month and then I won't touch it. Yeah, I, yeah, and because that, that those games are my crack because yeah. I I didn't play video games from 2002 to 2007 and then I rediscovered Oblivion 
and was like, and I've just been, a, I've been lost to video games ever since. It's, yeah. it's just one of those things. Yeah. The only thing I've been playing a lot. So I went to, um, uh, I told you this, I went to QuakeCon. Um, <laughs> I was going to let you tell people. I didn't want to throw um, you out, nerd guy. No, that's okay. Um, I've always wanted to go. Um, and then the pandemic happened and they basically didn't have it for like three years. Right. And also I kind of got a new friend, uh, discovered some new friends uh, through a former coworker who kind of invited me into his, his group. And they've been doing it since like 2012. That's and they scary. go every year. Yeah. Um, it's like a, 600 800 people in the gaylord convention center everyone bringing their computer uh, (laughs) just playing games from thursday till sunday and people like they literally you're playing games they close at three on sunday and literally like everyone like a lot of people are still playing until they they shut the internet off and you can't play anymore (laughs) and some people in our friend in our group like i was packing because i I was i I needed to get ready to go because megan was going to pick me up uh, and our friend, some of the some of our group that drove themselves, uh, they were they literally just played until they they shut the internet off. It's such a fun time. It's also good for me because like a uh, QuakeCon, if you're not familiar, uh, Quake is a game made by ID Software, um, legendary developers. They make Quake, they make Doom, um, and those are like some of my favorite games of like all time. And ID is they've been located in Dallas for a long like since the late '90s. They've been in Richardson, so that's kind of why it's always been. That's fantastic! I didn't know that. Yeah, it is. It's really cool. They've been in Richardson forever, uh, and just and um, so that's why it's here. Um, Because and so they've well, it's it's, people have to understand this about you and I. We're in our thirties. I'm in my late thirties. You're in your mid thirties to early thirties. If the Mavericks ever get really mad at us, and it just becomes not worth it. You and I will simply go play video games. <laughs> we, we will disappear into the woods. Yeah, so it, was, it was a lot of fun. And uh, I mean, it's, you know, people like one of my friends was like, you know, how often did you like people think that we're literally just at our like there are some people there that are obviously like at their computers the whole time. I saw one guy have a sleeping bag by his chair. Um, <laughs> but like our group, like there's other stuff to do. They have vendors, they have exhibits, they have sure. store, they have gear, they have merch. Um, they had they were hosting a professional quake tournament on a big screen with like announcers like pro level like a pro league so like i get out i I get up and walk around uh, and it's a lot of fun but i just like last thing before we go is i'm playing a lot of Halo. i got all of them to play uh halo um and the new halo halo infinite which has kind of been a bit of a bummer the last like two years um because they had a huge development issues and the game's been just kind of slowly slowed down to a crawl they finally gotten it to a place where they're like releasing stuff like every month. And like, there's like a lot of good stuff there. So um, if anyone's listening and you stop playing Halo, play Halo, it's good as shit. I got a bunch of people that stopped playing the game like three years ago. And now they want to like set up discord chats like once a week, like, Hey, let's keep playing. Like I didn't realize like that was so much fun. So that's been fun for me uh, in terms of my non non basketball uh, entertainment. So that's great. No. And, and you know, we love the Mavericks. But it's also, it's also nice to do different stuff for a while because it, you know, it. It. I. I've talked about this for a long time. But when I fall out of Maverick stuff, I have a little bit of a hard time getting back into it because, like, I like reading. I've loved like watching like, and I still go to all this stuff. But it's like my brain isn't a you know when I know I have Mav stuff upcoming, I don't always do the best paying attention to my kids' sports and you know school events and stuff like that. And we're gonna. 
we're gonna figure that out. It's gonna be a, a great season. I'm looking forward to covering ball, but uh, it just has been nice, nice to get away for a bit. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so scheduled for the remainder of the week. If I can get away from work, and my work has just been stupid. On Friday, I will host the live show. I promise. I want to hear from people. I want to hear thoughts. We've not done one of these in a while. My friend Josh uh, McSwain in the chat jumped in last time and sort of saved me. Um, It's very funny when I talk to myself for like the first 12 minutes and no one has any questions or takes. But again, follow on YouTube. I post a link in here. You can join the live show really, really easily. Um, if we've had guys do it from their phones while they're like waiting in a parking lot and you know, it's, 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 it's great. I love talking with you guys. The thing about our show that will never, ever change is I don't consider myself and it pisses Josh off when I do this. I don't consider myself a media member because I don't go to games. (laughs) Unfortunately, we do enough stuff to where I actually am a media member, but my mindset is always that of a fan. I want to hear from other fans and I want to talk basketball with you guys. So please consider joining the show coming up and talking with me. It's one of my favorite things that I do. It grounds me and connects me back to why I do this in the first place. So um, with that, we've somehow talked for an hour and 10 minutes. Um, Everybody (laughs) be good. And we will talk with you a little later this week. Bye guys. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.